Hi all, welcome to the twelfth episode of the Game Week Navigators. I'm Aditya, and I have Leon and Sankar with me. And yeah, Game Week one done and dusted, guys. How was it? It was uh, quite good for me. Uh, quite a decent start, but then it's Game Week one, so uh, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything for now. But I'm quite satisfied with the points. How about you, Sankar? Decent, pretty happy with the score. Seventy-one points is a good start for me. Uh, I just, I went to Rashford with the captaincy, didn't work out. Uh, I was pretty pissed at United. <laughs> I generally are, uh, am, but I think I was more pissed at United <laughs> this time. But other than that, uh, I think uh, went well. Overall, I just looked forward to the football, right? And I think there were some really, really good matches to look at. Yes. Uh... Game week one point of view for me, I just I scored about sixty seven odd points. I think I might be one of the most uh, best or the lowest scoring FPL managers. Yeah, I mean I I kind of went a bit different with the players here and there, maybe two three players off the template, and uh, like you, Sankar Bivan, I captain Rashford, and uh, it is something worth remembering once we reach game week thirty eight. So <laughs> with that big send. You know, let's go on to our talking points. So these are the things we are going to discuss in this. Probably a short stream. We are going to keep it very short and sweet. So for those who are wondering about what actually happened in game week one, we do have a stream, or we had a stream that covered uh, all the games in depth uh, with their stats and average positions and uh, yeah, everything else. So Nehal and uh, FPL underscore Kanti. Uh, both of them stream post game week one, so if you guys want to check it out and you know have a, uh, a much needed insight on how game week one went, uh, do check it out. We'll drop it in the description, or else you can just find it in our streams. Anyways, so we're going to start this stream with looking at the transfer trends, uh, the current moves that are being made. Then we'll look at the game week two fixtures in general for a brief. Then we'll talk about few of the dilemmas or few of the questions that are being pondered around here and there in the community uh, with followed by the captaincy options and last but not the least our bus teams at the moment so let's jump straight into the transfer trends and we have a very um, exciting name at top alexander isaac also i think got a price rise to 7.6 i think leong will take us through it whether it oh, it made sense for people to get him in now or not yeah it's, i think it's uh, quite surprising me to me, because he's the first player to rise uh, for 0.1 million. And uh, looking at our next three fixtures, which are very tough fixtures against uh, Man City, and we have uh, Liverpool and we have Brighton next. So uh, it's uh, not to say that Isaac won't uh, score two goals, three goals again in, the, in those matches, but we look at us going away to. Uh, Man City, which has uh, the best defense, uh, best home defense last season, and they expect uh, Isaac to score. And another thing is, uh, the, I'm not sure if they noticed that Isaac was uh, sub off uh, around the 17 minutes last uh, last game. I think for for Wilson to come in, so uh, he, he's not guaranteed to play uh, 90 minutes. Uh, that's one thing. And also they're, they're playing away to one of the toughest defense. So I'm not sure that this is the best move that. Uh, Everyone should make, uh, so it's a, a a big surprise for me. For me, I wouldn't go go uh, to buy a sack immediately for for now. Yeah. Yes, uh, I'm. I'll go to Sankalp on this one. There are a lot of people. There's around two ninety k managers who have gotten Rodrigo. Obviously, he scored a thirteen pointer in game week one with a goal and assist. So. <laughs> It's a bit, you know, yeah, I think uh, first few weeks in FPL, it's always a lot of reactive noise which comes in because uh, people who play FPL for the first, you know, couple of times are uh, are pretty new to the game, right? They are always very active initially, right? And when some things don't work, most of them drop out, right? Uh, that drop rate keeps increasing. So you, I'm not surprised. I mean, I just found it funny. Whoever scores more, higher points. Uh, gets into this list now. You see, Siva was put in. Do I sell Bruno for Rodri? <laughs> <laughs> right. I I hope not, Siva. Given you are a United fan, <laughs> more than anything. And I have Bruno. I'm just sticking to him. But uh, th- this is just purely reaction. In, in case you're watching our pod here, right? This this these are some of the things that we want to cover. 
that uh, especially at the start of the season try not to be as reactive as you can right take a bit of more time and uh, especially game week 1 is very very limited sample the teams that played a certain way in game week 1 will not play certain way in game week 2 for example for newcastle will i just press so high and left thing so uh, you know open at the back that it was easier for newcastle to carve them out open but to do that at etihad is going to be a different ball game altogether right so keep your patience see out things a bit before you start making your assumptions yes i mean patience is something that is needed in this game as you need to play this over the longer run not uh, uh, you know just you know take knee jerk reaction decisions is what i would like to say but i like to put out this question to leon is that neal has asked that even though this is not relevant at the moment but can we see that isak is a certain starter over wilson maybe over the course of few weeks and all do we see that happening uh for for game week 2 i think he's uh, quite certain to start uh but we have to see uh, after that i'm i'm not really sure because it's uh, we'll, how Eddie how we take it uh, game by game so i think uh, our starting front three will maintain uh, which is uh, gordon uh, isak and also almiron i think the 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 combination is quite well last game even though uh, we have barnes and also um wilson coming in and score but i think uh, his usual style is uh, to stick to the winning lineup and i don't see any changes to come for game two Okay, so I think uh, we've touched upon the transfer in so far. Let's look at the transfer outs, and I think pretty much they're all to the point. KDB is injured. Stones, we are not sure whether he'll play for the weekend. Probably he might. Mings is out long term. Kian has moved to Bayern, and Gabriel Bahales, I think we'll cover up a little bit later when Sankal Pillar gives insights. We're not going to you know reveal our cards here at the moment. So these were from the website, and now we'll look at from FPL statistics. Now looking at for the possible price risers and price drops. So Luis Diaz is ranked top, followed by AK, Jao Pedro, Disasi, Madison Mbumo. Obviously, these are players who managed to get returns in game week one and who probably have good run of games. Okay. And the 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 probably the possible droppers are all again straightforward. So any of these names, you know, entice you? Yeah, I just the want to mention that I'm one of the contributor for. the possible rises for Luis Diaz because I just made the transfer more more about that uh, later yeah but other than that I think uh what stands out to me is uh Yao Pedro and Madison and and Bremo three of them uh did pretty well in game week 1 and I think uh have a lot of potential long term uh not sure about Ake and Disasi because we uh don't really see a lot from them yet Okay so I think we're done with the transfer trends now uh, pretty straightforward let's quickly jump into what are the fixtures for game week 2 arguably the best game of the game week would be obviously Spurs versus United and uh, there are a few interesting games that could uh, go either way is what I would say because game week 1 was pretty interesting we saw a lot of uh, different approaches from teams Uh, for example i would say luton they were quite offensive against brighton villa played a very high line against newcastle which was very unexpected uh, so you see a lot of different things everton had more xg and lost <laughs> so i mean yeah, yeah what, mean, uh, what 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 really attract me is uh, here that a lot of uh, good teams that uh, many people own in game week 1 are actually playing away uh, for game week 2 which includes uh you say man united uh chelsea arsenal all these teams are playing away yet uh a lot of uh, their assets are owned and uh also there's a uh, one he- very big uh heavily owned side which is liverpool um which we will talk about later which is yeah, they are playing against uh bournemouth and a lot of people seems to think that liverpool will just walk over bournemouth which uh for me is uh not really the case because we have seen uh, Bournemouth's performance in the uh, game week one they are no longer the team uh, under Scott Parker last season which uh, started badly and in uh, an unstable way so i don't think it will be uh, a walk in the park for liverpool and uh, Bournemouth will definitely give up a fight 
and Spurs and United, as, as, as we can see, it might be a really high-scoring high game with uh, Spurs really push up and attack in the uh, 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 new new style of playing. So it's for me, it, it, it will be uh, the, the game of the week for me to to, to look for is uh, Spurs versus United and also Man City versus Newcastle. Two very, very big games, a very exciting game to look forward to. So, Sankar, yeah. anything? Your uh, idea? So, this is the week that uh, you start forming your, uh, I think, theories and biases, right? Start taking in those assumptions. Game week one, I did not take a lot except the physical fitness of players, right? Who's looking good, who's not looking great, right? Tactically, there are going to be changes in this game. For example, if you look at Arsenal, we played a very strange lineup to a lot of people. Uh, in game week one, though, though we did cover it, uh, cover that lineup. I, I remember in our preseason pod about Arsenal, right? So there are going to be changes uh, now when we go away to Palace, right? Similarly, Bournemouth, like uh, Leong was saying, will surprise player people because now Bournemouth does have a very different manager. He comes from Spain, a lot of experience, and they in fact had the third highest defensive lineup line uh, in uh, game week one after only City and Arsenal. So they played a really high line. Will will the coach continue to do that at Anfield away? If he does that, then I feel Liverpool have a really, really strong chance of you know cutting them open. Right? Someone like Salah can really go there and uh, score a really uh, big one. Right? Can maybe score a hat-trick even. But if the coach has experience, he can also decide not to do the same thing against them, against them at Anfield, which he did at home to West Ham. Right? So... Now is the time that we start knowing whether the person, whether the manager is being philosophical or whether the manager is being practical, right? Uh, we saw Wolves attack United a lot, but United were not able to attack them back in transitions, which we always relate United with, right? We are going to see them again because we all know that Spurs at least have a philosophical coach. Ange Ball is going to be one which is going to be really attacking. So I do feel... United will have the capability as well as the chances to hurt them in transition. Will they be able to do that? If not, then what am I doing with that extra Bruno as a player, right? Game week three is when I'll look to, you know, finally discard Bruno. So a lot of theories in my mind, but I'm unable to, you know, create anything out of it. I'm also looking at Aston Villa and Everton because I have an Everton goalkeeper and a Aston Villa striker. So <laughs> I need to think, okay, hey, you know, this is how things are going to uh, turn up. Uh, also, Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea is, I think, people really opened up their mind to Chilwell. In game week one, I had him since a long, long time in my drafts. So, I'm pretty happy to see him, see him take the positions that he take, took, right? So, good, good fixtures ahead. And uh, Nehal is saying uh, Ariola is a beast. He loves to attack. Yes, uh, as a Bournemouth manager, uh, I, I mean, his. Uh, his credibility is there. His past record says that he's a very attacking manager. But if he can attack, there's a chance that he can hurt Liverpool as well. Because Liverpool did not look good at all. The moment Chelsea started attacking them, they hardly created anything the moment Chelsea attacked them. Right? So, if you ask me if there is a, a, a time to face Liverpool, I think today is the best time to face Liverpool. Because there is, they are yet to have a defensive midfielder. They're yet to settle down as a squad. So, there are chances that things go either way. Right? So, uh, and this is one of the reasons now I'm looking to scale back on my ambition, you know, take all those points. I want to just relax and let things play out before I start, you know, taking those bold moves. Yes, I mean, we have the international break coming up. So, possibly good time to reflect on how the initial few weeks go. And that's, I mean, historically, people use their wild cards. So, that's, that's perfectly makes sense. So, for me, I, I saw a lot of things in game week uh, 1 that uh, really upset me as well as made me optimistic. So, I went with Nicholas Jackson as one of my forwards and I was so disappointed he did manage to score. But he looked very promising. So, I'm not that uh, you know disheartened. Obviously, I didn't get enough points. But uh, I think probably people will start you know, picking him up over the next few weeks. So, I'm not that disappointed. But obviously, I'm losing potential points from Visa or Pedro and all. So, I, I mean, 
you need to pick and choose what you want to fight at this point so i think the best answer would be time and patience but unfortunately this game has been so weird last year is that if you miss out on a couple of points that people have got it is going to be a tough task for you to chase them and uh, towards the end it becomes completely template train and if, you know we've seen how it was last season anyways uh game week two fixtures uh, obviously we we've got there and we nehal obviously has said that we will surely concede it will come down to alison warsta class to reduce the goals liverpool fan anfield and he's saying they will concede i i mean that's just the state of liverpool defense right uh, like i'm saying uh, there are teams who are yet to settle down and this includes arsenal as well right so we have to wait it out either you take their players and wait it out or you move out you know pick some other player other team which is looking good and then come back to them later so that's the decision you have to take uh, any other games or any other teams you guys want to particularly discuss like i i i would i would say probably the wolves uh, i mean wolves united wolves since i saw and uh, it was a complete tactical masterclass from gary o'neil he schooled us is the least to say uh they packed the midfield they packed it narrow uh, they made sure that there were at least two or three people marking casemiro fernandes mount they made sure that united weren't able to transition quickly in the attack and pretty much it was evident so this is something that united need to work on but from fools they sacked their coach they got in a new manager within a short span of time he managed to you know put on a excellent performance away from home people wrote them off saying their relegation team crap and all to be honest to to give him credit last year bournemouth weren't that bad after they you know they let go scott parker and when o'neil came in so he's he's a good coach and uh, i think wolves could be like a very different team to see this year so yeah, I, i think we shouldn't rule them out i think gary o'neil is uh, very underrated for what what he did last year which uh, he did the impossible because everyone thought bournemouth is going down so uh, and and also I, i was very impressed with uh wolf attack against united uh especially with uh, the player uh kunya i think everyone saw saw him just uh slide through uh, the united defense uh, like it's nothing so just that his finishing have uh, let him down a bit so it's uh, interesting to see whether he he'll be uh, an fbr option going going forward So, yeah. Anything else you want to circle, or we can go to the next topic? I think we can go to the next slide. Cool. So, next is obviously we have like sort of dilemmas of the week. Like I mean, we've, we've just put down few of the important questions that have been floating around over the last few days. Obviously, we are just probably a day or day and a half away from the deadline again. Friday night football, and we have a no disrespect a very uh, underwhelming game on friday so uh, apologies for that <laughs> okay <laughs> so let's 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 look it it might be a six pointer for both the teams so it's important for them but for fpl point of view it's going to be you know baldock coming in for mahalis potentially for people <laughs> that doesn't happen so here we have the first question and that goes straight to sankar keep or sell gabriel mahales and i'm going to add in one question from the chat that nehal had put in i'm going to see where is that i saw one question from nehal where it said hmm. yeah one question yeah here it is if kabore and bayer are in your team and you have mahales and yeah obviously what do you do in such a case so uh, from a start point of view i am fairly certain like 80% certain that gabriel plays i don't think our formation palace away will be that attacking in nature right where we played like i think 3131 kind of a setup uh, right so we had uh, even now defenders i think at some one point of time i saw saliba who was in their half right and at one point of time saliba was a you know ccb right he was a central defender he gave that assist to saka so you can understand the uh, you know nature at which we were trying to uh, you know penetrate that side right so that changes primarily because i think we'll be a bit more defensive against palace who are known for the counter attacking uh, space uh, 
so we have to be a bit more respectful of that and it's a away game it's no longer a home game and that's the reason i feel there will be a bit more uh, change and we'll go back to our favored 433 now whether hawas starts or rice starts in that lcm 8 position will be something to see so i still feel uh, eddie martinelli and saka should remain our front three the the game should favor these three uh, there's a chance that hawas does go back and compete with eddie for number 9 so there a lot of variables that's why i said when you when you look at arsenal there's a lot of variable i have uh, saka and martinelli in my team i'm more than happy to keep them because they are the more consistent ones i don't think in the next 5 games gabriel will have lot more benching even fulham we we do fulham at home we don't have a great record they they always keep us very close i think 2-1 1 nil those kind of wins so if you have gabriel unless you're moving to someone like chilwell i would say you know you can wait uh, and and how do you move to chilwell because he is now 0.1 million expensive as well right so only way you will do that is with a hit and i don't think uh, this is the week to take that hit right rather see it out there's a good pro- probability that arsenal can take out a clean sheet we did it last season away you know game week one we can do it again and we we were the best away defensive side last season so give us that uh, bit of relaxation you know hold back see out this week uh, there's a good probability that gabriel does start unless you get certain news otherwise you know that stock fpl says hey again gabriel is getting best unless you get that rumor i would say sit down he's expected to start play out this week as well and then you know what to do you can use that to a true free transfers to uh, you know bring in someone like chilwell for game week 3 as well as make another move in you know from your attack as well depending who you want to bring in or who you want to ship out Yeah, speaking about uh, Gabriel, actually, I have one question for Sankar. So, uh, since uh, now that Timber is out for I think a few months, so uh, how do you think uh, Arsenal will line up if, uh, let's say, Gabriel starts four at the back? Who will start on the left in uh, in the place of Timber? I expect Zinchenko to come in. Uh, he seems more or less fit. He's been in the training with the team for two weeks now, so that is my first choice. Uh, you know, our first expectation. in case he doesn't i think kuyor is the guy who will come in though we did see tomiyasu pick up that place uh, but kuyor is a bit more attacking he has a stronger passing range uh, something that you will need uh, when you're playing against uh, you know side like palace who can sit back right so that's my expectation uh, but uh, in my mind there's a strong probability jinchenko comes back right in No, I I just had a question because uh, it's based on what Nehal has said. Probably those who have Salah will have two four million defenders and maybe a four point five million striker who probably doesn't play. What they do in such a case because they are caught off guard now. If Gabriel doesn't play, they are down to ten. If he plays well and good, it's good. So it's it's a very you're in a pickle now. Yeah, but why do you go there? That's the question. I I don't see a lot of short shot clean sheet matches. very difficult to judge to me right maybe villa gets one against uh, everton we don't know newcastle against uh, city right so you don't go there city might concede against newcastle right so i don't see a lot of sure shot chances and i don't want to take a hit for that downgrade if you come down on 4.5 again i don't see a lot of sure shot opportunities uh, right uh, so very difficult to find out a correct answer i would rather sit back because i feel at the end of this game week we will have we'll definitely have the correct answer even if it's selling gabriel but uh, you never know at the end of this week you might be pretty happy with gabriel because he scored a header from a corner yeah it's a very funny game so we'll keep <laughs> you know it's a again we'll go back to the old old way of that we it's a wait and watch approach so that <laughs> we don't know the first question next is bring a liverpool attacker versus bournemouth if so who i mean if you have salah Happy birthday! You're going to maybe have a good fest this weekend. <laughs> Those who don't have like us, we need to find a sofa, a big one, and hide. Those who have a different Liverpool attacker, also I think you'll have a mini party if you're lucky. Now the issue is that I have I got in Diego Jota game week one, and it was a slap to my face. <laughs> He got subbed off, and uh, 
he wasn't that great against Chelsea. So I I don't know if Neal is watching in the chat. What do you think of Jota Neal? Do you think he'll play or it's time to ship him out? I'll put the same question to you guys. I mean, just as Jota is an example. Yeah, yeah I I think uh, if you watch the match, actually, uh, Darwin Nunes come in and he did a lot better than and than, than uh, Jota in the position. So I, I, if if it's down to me, I would assume that uh, Nunes will start ahead of Jota in this one, while uh, Gakpo and uh, Diaz and Salah uh, keep their places. So I'm uh, not sure about what the Liverpool experts think about, but this is uh, what I predict. We, we do have a response from Nehal as well, who says Jota had a slight more. Right. So... Uh... I think the easy way in is getting in Darwin Nunes, but at the same time, in my mind, Liverpool tend to prefer Darwin Nunes as a solution against deep lying defenses, right? No bulky uh, defenders who are who are going to sit back is where they bring in Nunes. Given the fact that we were just speaking about Bournemouth and how they have changed the playing style, and they might be a bit more aggressive, uh, might have a bit more high line. I do feel Jota can be uh, if fit, he can be a same, uh, he can be a good alternative because in transitions, again, Jota is a very, very good player, right? So, he can really hit you in transitions. He did not look great in, against Chelsea. Uh, but to have uh, Jota or someone like Hakpo in that attack, I think the midfield needs to be rigid. You cannot have, have uh, Hakpo, right? So, they need to bring in someone like Jones uh, and maybe that trio of uh, you know midfielders need to act more as a unit. And then you can take those. Uh, so either for me, in my mind, given the state game state we are expecting, it can be someone like Hakpo or Jota rather than Nunes because Bournemouth, this Bournemouth is a different Bournemouth. Yeah, I would like to pick up a point that uh, a lot of game big uh, one managers, actually, if you don't own Salah, most of them uh, don't own any Liverpool assets at all. So which bring them to a dilemma that whether they should bring in uh, a Liverpool player just for the sake of game week two against uh, to target Bournemouth because you look at the the, the next uh, fixture again they, they go away to Newcastle again a very tough fixture so do you want to get uh, a, a Liverpool uh, asset in just for the new uh, for the Bournemouth game or if yes then uh, I think it's what what worries them is uh, if they don't bring anyone in and Liverpool maybe score like four or five goals against Bournemouth, then they'll miss out. So this is uh, what that worries him. And, 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 and me, of course, uh, I don't start with any uh, Liverpool player as well in, in game one. So it's uh, one of the issues that worries me as well because I don't see any issues in my team to solve. So my initial plan is to roll the transfer. However, I look at this Liverpool game and I look at uh, it as an op- opportunity for me to pick a player that can actually haul, which is, uh, makes me think a lot. And uh, eventually, I brought, brought in a, a Liverpool attacker. Yeah. But, but but what are your thoughts about Diaz against Newcastle? Do you feel he has a chance of doing something similar again? Uh, Diaz uh, tends to uh, do really well against a uh, team that play uh, high line and, 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 and really push forward. And uh, Bournemouth and Newcastle are two of the teams that uh, do that a lot. So I, I think uh, if we push up a lot, then they'll give uh, spaces uh, at the back. Uh, I think our, our right back who play against uh, against uh, Diaz is uh, Trippier. So if Trippier push up, then Diaz has a, a lot of spaces to work into, and uh, his pace, uh, I think, will, will cause us a lot of trouble. Interesting. For me, if you are someone who did not go Liverpool, uh, I would say just stay out as well because uh, a uh, we have not seen enough, right? We have just seen twenty minutes of good football from Liverpool, right? So we we don't know whether the system is gelling, not gelling, right? And then again, it's not that the fixtures are turning yet, right? So, post this, this Newcastle away, which is a tough match. Then you have uh, Villa at home. I don't expect Emery to do that Newcastle madness again. So, I would rather be a bit more conservative and again continue my wait-and-see approach. Uh, but you never know. I mean, with Leong's theory, if it works, then it can be great. Yeah, I... So, I mean, it's pretty much straightforward. So, those who went with... Uh, Double United, double Arsenal, and uh, 6.5. I think should be comfortable and just, you know, they need to pray that it's the 
sort of the result what happened last year and Salah was quiet. Uh, if you had a Liverpool attacker in my case, I probably will be inclined to do the sideways move at this point. Because after seeing that you know, Jota might not play, so even we've got an update from Neal that uh, Gakpo might start in the forward with Diaz left. Since Gakpo, you know, he presses the high line much better and uh, Curtis will play in the midfield behind along with Sobzala and uh, Akalister. The issue with sell- selling Arsenal or United midfielder for Liverpool is, again, they have good fixture in game week 3. Right? United again go back at home to another match, Arsenal go back at home to Fulham. And so, I- I'm not as convinced that there's enough uh, you know, upside or we have seen enough upside to take this decision. Okay, we have a typo in the third. The third. It's the city question coming up again there. So, for some reason, the slide has glitched up and it has put Maris and Kutokan. So, let's skip that one and go to the next one. That's... Uh, is it time to board the Madison train? <laughs> yeah, we can see from, from Game Week 1 that uh, Ainge actually focuses his attack uh, around uh, uh, Madison. Which uh, he's involved in every attack and just pulling all the strings in the midfield. Which uh, usually Kane uh, will be occupying that, that position, drop off, and then just uh, trying to control the game. But then uh, Madi- uh, Kane left, so Madison came in, and I think he, he really impresses from from the start until the, uh, the finish with two assists, of course. So uh, uh, I I think if uh, you you want to uh, buy in Madison, I think it's a good time to do it now, even though they're going. Uh, against United. Uh, they'll keep attacking and Madison will be as involved as ever as well. So it's, it's a good chance to bring him in and I, I, I can see him con- continue to rack up the assists and, and even goals because we don't know yet uh, who is uh, taking the penalty for, for, for Spurs right now, do we? No, no. Uh, it might be Sun. So might, might, might be Madison as Sun. well, right? Yeah. And, and we can see that with, with Charlison, actually, he started up front, but he, he doesn't do a lot in, the, in that game. So I'm not sure if Spurs will use that uh, Kane, man, Kane transfer money to bring in another forward. So for, for this time, uh, I think Madison is the best uh, Spurs asset to own for now. Yeah, I have to thank Nehal and his pod on Spurs because I was on Foden almost entire preseason before watching that podcast and talking to a bit of my, to my fans. and. Everyone's like, hey, you need to, you know, just go through this part because they they will convince you, and it, they did, All right? Uh, I am also a believer that uh, Kane's absence does better for Madison because he's a guy who likes to have those central spaces, like you spoke about, Leon. He's a guy who likes to score himself. I see him more as a scorer than a assistant. In fact, he has very good, uh, you know, xg to g conversion. I think he overperforms his stats uh, well. And that is the reason, uh, if you have Kane in that team, he's just bound to try to feed to Kane, right? But without Kane, he plays his natural game, uh, right? Now, this this team does not have any particular hero, right? And he, he can play his natural game. He, he can become one for them. And that's one of the reasons I got Madison in. And you know, I was pretty happy to see his uh, double assist. And uh, I'm not going to say this is the time to buy Madison because United at home, but I think there's a good chance it's going to be a high, high-scoring game. I, I feel it's like 2-3, two, 2-2 two, two kind of a game again. And uh, if you're going there, and I mean, it's a good long-term decision. That That's the best thing about it. Unlike Liverpool, I'm more convinced here because it's a good long-term decision, though you can always take this decision in game week 3 as well. I'm not going to argue there, but for all the non-Salah owners, Neal has put up something saying that Salah has never scored in game week two. <laughs> what is this? What am I seeing? But he always scores in game week because he has Salah. He's saying he needs to find a sofa to hide. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We need to double check this <laughs> whether no, he is really. Is it? Yeah, I remember oh. seeing this uh, last last season. I remember seeing this stat last season. So. One of those funny things which you, you don't believe. But uh, it's also been the fact that Leopold generally have good fixtures in game week one and the tough, a bit tougher one in game week two. And this time it's reversed, right? So maybe it's not about the game week, right? It's just the fixture quality. 
Yeah, I think I, that's one of the reason why uh, Salah was so frustrated when he was sub off because uh, he 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 used to score in every game for every season in game week one, and for the first time he he don't do that. So I think it's uh, and if yeah. he scored, he would have uh, created a record. It would have been seven successive seasons he would have scored in game week one. That yeah. that was a record that he missed out on. Mm-hmm. Okay, in in that in that sense, you know, uh, one point which I wanted to uh, get in about is that. We've noticed that the average time, the game, you know, he's taking is starting to go up, right? With the added time now coming in, you know, they're, you know, precisely calculating for the amount of time to, to there is stoppage, you know, with fouls, free kicks, and all other things, and he's starting to go up. I think uh, we will now see uh, managers kind of take care of their key players more and more, not uh, exhaust them out. I think purely maybe Salah for regarding to that maybe Klopp would have done for game management sake doesn't want to burn him out. They have a very important season coming up after you know not such a good one last season and you know we we I think we'll probably see a lot of teams do it. So maybe the top six seven teams that have European football you know take care of their players more because I think how much did we see uh, the fourteen fifteen minutes at a time in just half time. So averaging what 110 minutes or so, 115 minutes. Yeah. Just wanted to get that point out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, these are going to be longer games, and we will slowly start thinking about you know how to take these decisions. For example, last season we saw a lot of centre backs coming becoming an option in FPL, but one of the reasons you can start thinking about fullbacks is fullbacks get subbed off, right? Centre backs don't. Uh, so you'll have to start taking your decisions now. I'm uh, I'm fairly bit more comfortable about Martinelli because what was 65 minutes for him earlier can be 75 minutes and still be another 30 minutes for the next time. Right. So those kind of things trends we'll have to slowly slowly start observing before we take those calls. But will be interesting because it will impact football in some way and it will definitely impact FPL in some. Way. Yeah, I, I can just give an example from the, the Newcastle game. So towards the end, we can see that uh, Newcastle brought in fresh legs in uh, Barnes and Wilson. And uh, Villa actually, uh, you can see their back line has, uh, due to all the pushing, they have actually tired out and lost concentration, which uh, led to the mistake from Konsa and led to uh, one of our goals. So uh, just bringing in fresh legs like uh, Barnes and Wilson actually tore, tore them apart. So I think teams have to start uh, playing how they want to end the game game with as, as well as how they begin the game. Maybe it's because of Villa, because every team that plays Villa plays two games against them, not one. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. <I> <laughs> <get it. laughs> some people will know that. I think Sankal probably understood what I meant. <laughs> Anyways, the next one is uh, Alvarez, Julian Alvarez. Now, we've probably got some news that KDB is out maybe till, until early 24 Jan so it's a bit of a disappointing news that we've had now in terms of FPL obviously Alvarez, Foden and all you know start to come under the equation obviously we had uh, Alex come in for the city uh, stream and he was kind of you know giving us a rough insight on this possibility and uh, with unfortunately KDB you know getting injured we might have a six billion forward from Man City now. I mean, who might have more nail minutes than what previously he was. So, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I actually really pity KDB's owner for for giving one because uh, they spent so much on him and yeah, their star player was off uh, in in a few minutes. But uh, I I did the same thing last last season towards the end of season when KDB was uh, out and I bought in Alvarez and expecting him to start. Uh, He did start uh, a lot of games, but then uh, if you look at uh, the impact he has uh, playing behind Haaland, it's not as good as the impact he has playing uh, up front uh, in uh, the place of Haaland. And at moments he looked out of the game, he 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 looked lost and he looked quite awkward and don't, uh, don't know where to run into. And uh, he looked a lot better when uh, uh, Pep actually placed him on the left wing in in, in game week one. So uh, not not really sure if he he's a good option if he starts consistently behind uh, Haaland uh, unless he uh, slowly learns more about that role. So yeah. For, for for now, I don't think uh, it's a good move to bring uh, our, our rest in. 
uh, I am a bit more skeptical and dependent on the city transfer news, right? Because there are a couple of names already up. One is Lucas Paqueta, which I think City are pretty seriously into, yeah. and ideally should be closing. If Lucas Paqueta comes, that LCM position is his, and Foden now gets pushed around to right wing, right, as a possible starter. And then they also are highly strongly linked with Jeremy Doku, right, who's again a winger. And so this makes this uh, decision far more difficult to take today. Uh, because you might take a call today and suddenly there's another guy who comes in and will and the game week three, the match you actually want to target, you will see the the player starting, right? You will see Foden starting instead of Alvarez. So I'd like to take some time. I think uh, when we're speaking about the podcast that we did, Precinct Pod about City, uh, Alex was bang on there where he said, uh, with City, you will get a lot of good players, but you need to take your time to identify the correct one, right? So... That's my thought for this season. I'm not going to jump on any city player and hope for his start. I would I'll rather wait a bit, look out who were the players for core starters, and then take my decision accordingly. Yeah, I, I'm just really quite surprised at uh, why City took so long to bring in uh, extra reinforcements after they sold players like Mares and and Gundogan. So usually City acts quite early, like uh, how they bring in. Uh, Badil. So, so, so not sure why they don't bring in like uh, Paqueta and, and Doku even earlier before the preseason games. So, quite right now, they are running quite thin in the midfield. So, it might be a, a problem moving forward for them. True. Yeah. So, we have the next one is Chilvela must own since he played so attacking out of position. Now, contrary to, to that, I would say even Reese James was excellent against yeah. Liverpool. So, you know. There are two good players at the same price. You need to pick the right one now again. <laughs> uh, I, I think one thing we also have to keep in mind is uh, Liverpool were fairly porous, right? And that made Chilwell, players like Chilwell, James look much better than they generally are. And at the same time, the tactics can be fairly different because Pochettino was talking about how he created that hybrid three or four at the back. Primarily giving Chilwell a uh, more of a wing back role to get behind Liverpool midfield and uh, try and create those chances, try and score a goal. Uh, but he's he said very clearly, I I expect to use more of a four at the back. So if Chilwell becomes a full back rather than a wing back, his position can vary a bit more, and he may not uh, seem as much of a winger as he seemed in the last game. So. Is he a must-own? I'm not as confident because Chelsea will also concede. So if you take out those uh, clean sheets, it takes out my must-own factor. Is he a good player to own? Definitely because you can get lucky. He can score a brace, he can score a goal and you can get lucky. Uh, but they'll not take, keep a lot of clean sheets as of today. So you can take your time as well to transition that move. Uh, what I noticed is actually we have a very motivated uh, Chilwell. Uh, the, the most motivated we have seen him for quite some time now. Usually he starts the season either on the bench or not playing as uh, at, at all. Maybe sometimes due to the uh, mental problem, mental exhaustion problem that he had in the past. And uh, we, he looks motivated and you, you see that during press conference, he said that he, he would like to go get uh, a few more goals as well. He should have a few more goals in, in, in that game. So I think he'll be... Uh, pushing forward as well in the, in the next few games and will be uh, as motivated as ever. So he'll score a lot. Uh, he'll get into a lot of good positions. So uh, for me, I don't own Chilwell now, which uh, is it's my time to hide behind the sofa when uh, Chelsea plays West, West Ham this week. Yeah. Mm, I, would you, I would probably agree with Sankar. You don't need to hide. It, you know. He's got price rise and people are just running after him, basically seeing what they've seen. But uh, let's wait, just wait and watch. That's how people will start hyping and, you know, we've seen how things go in the past as well. So I think you're pretty comfortable. <laughs> you don't need to worry. Anyways, last question. Sell Bruno as Mount affected his attacking position or uh, affect... This is Leong has put up this question. Yeah. Uh, this particular one, very, you know, specifically I've got to point it out to him. Uh, if I want to answer this, I'll say absolutely not. Uh, I think it's a very dumb decision. It's a very knee-jerk you know, decision to make. Just by observing one game. And yes, Bruno 
dropped a big stinker i would say on monday it was probably one of the worst performances i've seen from him yes he's not a robot he's a human being and obviously it it was bound up and you need to accept that overall united in general were were bad pairing varan and uh, van bisaka who saved us and vr uh, <laughs> sorry i got vr in here uh, we got those three points and uh, now what we could probably see is that uh, spurs are not going to um, change the way they are going to play they going to play the way that anj is probably looking to get in to see you not know, play the highland offensive football and so we will have play, players to run in behind now and uh, if bruno is back it is a game uh, his lethal passes obviously line breaking once will help the front line to you know get those goals so be patient wait for this game and uh, if it doesn't then i think uh, you can downgrade to like if sankal bosing maybe madison if madison plays extraordinarily well in this game you can look at other players here and there so for now be patient and we could probably see uh, you know improve it was a very underwhelming performance because the first uh, games i mean the first game for every team is uh, is difficult they are playing proper competitive game it's not a pre-season game where you know nothing is at stake here everything is at stake and the teams generally are a little bit cautious and you don't see like a complete 90 minute uh, rail over roll over performance like how city did so all other teams had to you know play and adjust themselves bearing brighton they also played well but other teams i mean we had those ups and downs but united it was not that great so i think it should get better so in short hold is what i would say uh yeah. one thing i would like to say from whatever seen the game position wise uh, mount seems to be the guy who still falling a lot more deeper than bruno does right uh, i think ten hag has more or less made his mind that uh, mount is to be the guy who is going to create help in you know holding up and drive that ball up forward and then it's down to bruno to link with the attackers right? that that's what came into my mind from watching some of the preseason matches and a bit of wolves match as well uh, but we know more uh, in the coming match the good thing is this i think spurs match is right up to united's alley and if united still look as disjointed as they looked in the uh, in the wolves match then it's it's a easier call to make right for me in my mind when i took bruno as an additional united attacker it's still a three week punt Because I I think the fixtures do turn after game week three, and I'm not as confident. And we also have a lot to see whether where Foden players like Foden and all pick up. Right. So it's also about discovering that four seven point five six point five million midfielder, which I am not sure about. Right. So for the timing, I'm I'm still sticking to him. Uh, I might not even if he does well after two weeks, but I'm hoping that these two weeks turn out to be slightly better than game week one at least. Yes, we need to recover those points that we lost. Especially Rashford captains know the pain. I'm going to pin this up. What Neil has put, he was very lucky he did not get booked. Uh, other than that, so he's saying he'll blame Casemiro as he did not control the midfield, put a lot of pressure and all here and there. Uh, yes, descent players are getting booked for descent very easily now. So it is going to be very annoying for us to see, you know. Minus ones, yellow cards, loss of bonus points. I think this year we are going to see a lot of pain there because referees are not even hesitant to book players. Little bit here and, and there, coaches. they just pop the yellow. And coaches. And coaches. So I, Arteta is very famous for that. He he gets pissed very easily. But yeah, coming yeah. back to Nehal's question, is that purely because Wolves, you know, completely outfoxed us? That's the reason we played bad. and they packed the midfield as i said so obviously there was no control and you couldn't figure out a way to break them and once they started to go behind once they started to once wolves stop playing high started stop pressing and went behind we could see a bit of control from here in terms of attacking a bit here and there but that was a little bit late and uh, uh, it was too late even from fpl point of view we were seeing all the assets getting subbed off like rashford so Anyways, I think we're done with the dilemmas, right? So far, yep. Cool. Then let's wrap up this episode quickly. I said short episode; it's almost close to an hour. So, 
so captaincy options we just quickly cover this up and wrap it up i mean permanent captain option one is arlen i think let's not even debate that's always there other than that are these options sensible uh, i i would have captain salah if I, I i owned him but i don't so uh the only sensible option for me this uh, gimmick is Haaland for me yeah Newcastle fan is saying captain to... Haaland yeah <laughs> very good in my mind i wanted to captain rashford but given i have not seen enough in in game week 1 to do it again uh, and i don't want to, to do back to back you know captaincy blank that's perhaps the reason i am going to country i am going to go Haaland this week right and just tell everyone when rashford scores hey i could predict it <laughs> i i honestly don't have an answer here <laughs> i would say just i think we didn't follow the crowd me and sankal for game week 1 i think yeah, I, i didn't as well i captain saka uh, but you 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 but, got yeah, returns yeah, there yeah, is a difference in getting yeah, yeah. five even an assist would have been like okay at least i've got something yeah. but getting three points is like you know pain in here yeah. i think haland is the way if you don't have haland you know the other options is, you know sala is a great option uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that much. three of us uh, none of us actually captain haland in game week 1 so it's a, a red trend and i think in all the podcasts it's, it's quite a red trend that all the <laughs> all the hosts actually never done of them captain haland at all So, yeah, we want to play a bit different, right? It gets boring at times. <laughs> That's the reason. Boring, boring. Let's go to our teams. How boring they are. So, okay, slides not changed. Okay, now it's changed. So we have uh, Leong's team up front. We're up first here, and uh, he's made a change. What is the change? Can you repeat? Yeah. So I'll just uh, briefly go through my team for those who listen on pod. So in in goalkeeper, I decided to start uh, Turner over Johnston, uh, because Johnston is obviously uh, uh, facing Arsenal, and I have three at the back: uh, Saliba, Colwell, and Estupinan. Uh, I have a dilemma whether I want to start uh, Colwell or Shaw because I actually expect both of them to concede based on what I see from the both of the teams' defense in game week one. Uh, however, for now, I decide to go for Colwell. Um, because uh, expect Spurs to score more against United. However, we, we all know that uh, Shaw has a better attacking potential, so I'll think about that. And in midfield, I'll go with uh, the midfield five. Uh, so in in here, you can see that actually I have I still have Bruno. I have Bruno, Martinelli, Foden, Rashford, and Saka. However, just uh, before the the, the pot, actually I change have uh, transferred out uh, Bruno and. Uh, as uh, Aditya said, it uh, might be a dumb move earlier to uh, transfer out the Bruno so early, but I did that dumb move and I actually bought in uh, a Liverpool attacker in uh, Luis Diaz, and uh, I expect his price to rise. Uh, uh, I think yeah. tomorrow, or even if he don't rise tomorrow, maybe Friday. So he won't he won't stay that price. But I, I'm not a price chaser. I just uh, because I I cannot bring in uh, Salah. In any ways, without a hit, so I think the next best Liverpool attacking option to bring in is uh, Luis Diaz. And uh, in terms of the forward line, I have uh, Haaland, obviously, and also Visa, which uh, did a job for me in game week one. So I'll uh, stick with him because Brentford still have uh, some good fixtures coming up. So uh, I'm playing three five two and uh, benching Johnson, Shaw, Archer, and uh, and Bayer without a game. So this is my uh, bus team for now. and captaining haland yeah <laughs> i think uh, i would start shaw i mean it doesn't make sense you paid 5.5 into bench a defender in game week 2 you should have not you should have not gotten shaw in the first place itself mm-hmm. if you wanted to bench him so just play him up obviously he's, he's going to take few set pieces mm-hmm. you just going to pray that he does something but uh, yeah. i would i would start him yeah okay i'll think about that <laughs> yeah, you can think about it okay <laughs> next let's go to <laughs> Sankal's team, and uh, I'm going to pin this question straight. I think the question was answered. Start Turner over Pickford. I, I'm doing that. Yeah, I feel uh, Villa are going to come back really strong after that Newcastle match, and they're going to score because it's a home match for them. So, uh, Sheffield, uh, I think they play uh, Nottingham Forest play Sheffield United at home. So it's a good. Uh, there's not a lot between the two, right? Uh, At max, it can be two pointer for both players, 
but uh, there's a possibility that Turner just gives you a clean sheet. And, and I rate Turner as a goalkeeper uh, myself. He's a good goalkeeper. He did not, sh- he could not show it much at Arsenal, but he's a good keeper for me, right? So no changes for me. I, the only thing I did is Henry goes to the bench and Cass comes in at home against Everton. And apart from that, Chilwell and Ashupinian. Midfield is straightforward. Madison, Martinelli, Saka, Rashford and Bruno. Uh, and then you have Haaland and Watkins up front. Haaland is the captain for this. Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons why we should start Turner is we, if we observe uh, Sheffield United's attack in uh, game week one is almost non-existent. They don't look really look like scoring a goal as well. And they don't uh, bring in a lot of reinforcements so far. I think Archer haven't signed for them. So I think Osula is still raw. So uh, don't... Uh, they don't look like uh, scoring and, and expect um, don't think so, yeah. yeah expect Forrest to have a good chance of uh, keeping a clean sheet against them in game week two that's why uh, we, I think we, that's why we both started uh, Turner don't jinx it I hope yeah, it, don't uh... jinx it. yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like uh, last year uh, what was he Danny Ward uh, he was he was hauling he was uh, you know Losing yeah, clean sheets, all well. different phases we have seen of a 4 million yeah. keeper. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so last but not the least is my team. Yeah, so a little bit template here and there. Uh, my Saliba move actually went in. I don't know how. As I was, was down, I just pressed it once and I closed it off and it happened. Yeah. Anyways, so I am starting with Onana. I have paid 5 for a keeper. I am not going to bench him for Turner. Uh, it's just a stupid <laughs> thing to do. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can argue that uh, you need to score more points. Obviously, he has more sense, but no, uh, it doesn't make sense for me. So, Onana starts in Chilwell, Estupinian, Saliba, Template, Mitoma, Template. Jota will probably go out for Diaz, since Neal said that Jota is like not sure of starting. So, I have to transfer him out. Bruno Fernandes hopefully does something. Bukayo Saka. Rashford is still captain here. I have not changed it. Because even I wasn't sure of what to do, so I was like, you know what, stick it keep for it, now. Keep it at him. I'm sure he'll score. Yeah, then once Haaland holds and he blanks, I think you guys can have the last laugh. <laughs> then the two forwards are Nicholas Jackson and Haaland. Uh, Jackson, I'm expecting him to start playing well. He showed good signs, so. Not disappointed, but obviously I could have saved money and gone for Jao Pedro and got those exciting whatever seven or nine odd points. But it's I a good long term. Long term Yeah, but yeah, I... you lose the points. What Jao Pedro scored? <laughs> you lose some, you gain some. Right? You cannot get penalties all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to disagree, but yeah, uh, that's the that's the thing. And then obviously Turner on the bench, uh, Destiny Udogi on the bench. Uh, Mubama is not going to play and Kabore uh, doesn't have a fixture. Kabore actually looked good against Brighton. I think I, I saw yeah. I saw the game and the commentators were also saying that he he had uh, put up a good performance overall. So I think uh, he looks like a good pick for four. Uh, obviously Luton not lot spoken, but we'll see maybe over the course of the season. But yeah, I still have one million in the bank. <laughs> so that's the reason I went Jackson. I should have spent more. But yeah, I think yeah. If I downgrade Jota to uh, DS, I think I'll still have another a million and a half or so. I don't know. We'll see. That's what we have tinkering to do. And uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I think actually I have uh, just want to say I actually have two point five million in the bank right now. Not sure what to do with that. So maybe for game week three. And just now you pointed about Kabore. So for for me right now he's uh, the best uh, option for four point for me right now. Yeah, and also uh, don't worry about Jackson. I, I'm sure he'll score. Um, at least one in this one. I'm quite sure about that. <laughs> I really, I really do hope after the amount of points that I've lost and not captaining Haaland and not going Embomo, you know, not going Watkins or Pedro, you know, here and there, you know, slightly you play different, you get slapped. That's how the template has been over last season and this season. Uh, it's fair to say that's why it's the template. So, with that being said, I don't think that we have any questions from the chat. We have pretty much covered everything over the course of this stream or episode if you're listening on audio platforms. So, guys, any last thoughts before we wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, so just uh, 
to stay calm for all the managers (uh) not to make a rash transfers even though you 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 actually (uh) don't really score a lot and you you maybe your rank is around six to seven million in 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 game week one don't worry too much because (uh) you have to trust (uh) why you (uh) actually buy these players and you have to stick with them if they don't perform for maybe another two or three weeks then maybe you can consider selling them for but for now stick with what you believe in before the start of the season and then just observe what happened that's my advice yeah uh, step go on go on yeah don't don't uh you know start making your assumptions today i think game week two is a much better place to start thinking on those lines because some of the managers are going to react to game week one make some changes so observe all those things and then start taking your decisions maybe game week three right and if you like our pod just throw in a like subscribe right so um we are going big this season we have a lot of people coming on board we have uh this 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 was the first time we did a post game week pod nehal and fpl kanthi i thought were really really good i hope to bring in more i hope we bring in more and more quality content and i hope that you guys share it with your friends and uh give us more and more followers or more and more audience to talk yes indeed so yeah sankar pretty much to help me finish it up so yeah as even leong said believe believe ted lasso said believe if you watch ted lasso so believe in your players have the faith be patient and you know if things don't work out obviously you have how many 37 odd more weeks to play 36 odd post game week 2 lot of times okay. lot of time is there so yeah i'm going to just spin this and it's a marathon and not a sprint and with that being said we wrap up this episode 12 of the game week navigators podcast or stream we covered up game week 2 so if you guys want to look at game week 1 review we'll drop the link in the description to join us on friday night as we take a cruiser look at game week 2 we are going to do a deadline day stream and you know everyone's favorite fpl underscore so so fpl <laughs> will be back for that particular stream as he he'll get in his thoughts for game week 2 and we'll have much more you know better updates as we get closer to the deadline okay guys thanks for tuning Thank in you. we'll see you all next week